The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to preview today's MLB card is Sean Zarillo. Okay, Sean, so it's not every day we get to pretend to be climatologists uh, on the radio or in podcasts, but here we are talking about air quality out on the East Coast. And I'm curious if the Nationals do play and the Yankees play at home, if you're dealing with thicker air, that perhaps could suggest that the ball won't carry as far. And is this perhaps a situation where you can bet on unders in these ballgames? Yeah, the, you know, the park factor at Yankee Stadium typically plays around league average. Today, it should be closer to about 92%, so about 8% below league average. Uh, Citizens Bank Park, typically about 5 to 7% above league average, playing about 2% above average today. So I've definitely downgraded the totals at some of these parks relative to what they would play as on a normal day. Can't tell you how the players are going to be feeling. I know the the Yankees and White Sox players, after playing their series the other night, were complaining about some tightness in their chest, you know, playing up in Chicago. So don't know how these guys are doing physically. I saw the Yankees out on the field yesterday as well. Carlos Rodon uh, throwing the live hitters. So even though the Yankees went ahead and canceled the game, they still had players working out on the field, which seemed like a pretty poor decision considering my wife who works in the city was walking around with a N95 mask all day because literally inside of her office building, it, it smelled like smoke. So, yeah, it's, it's a bizarre situation. They are racing at Belmont Park today. Uh, it seemed like that might be in question as well. So, very odd situation. But uh, just hope for the best of the 
and safety of all the players and certainly the fans going to the game as well. I can't believe MLB waited until, what was it, two hours, three hours before first pitch yesterday to cancel those games. That was egregious. They should have been canceled yesterday morning. No question. Um, one of the other big stories in Major League Baseball right now is the NL Rookie of the Year, suddenly. And uh, we spoke a few weeks back, and you had mentioned a, a pretty good look. Francisco Alvarez, when uh, the number was around 40, 50 to 1, and that's a short number now, much shorter than at the time. We're, we're in the 8, 10 to 1 range. Shorter odds than James Outman. But here's the issue. One, you're chasing Corbin Carroll. And now, two, we've got to say that you're chasing Ellie De La Cruz. The fever is here Unreal uh, movement in the odds a couple weeks ago. That's another one that was 50 to 1. And now we're seeing this morning, Sean, it get all the way down to plus 350. One, you get the call up, you get a game, and now you get plus 350 odds with Carroll, who's having a terrific season. I'm not even going to ask if this is out of control. We know it's out of control. Uh, what are your thoughts on the NL Rookie of the Year market? Yeah, I think Corbin Carroll might be getting undervalued here. Uh, you know, I bet on Ellie. I bet on Francisco Alvarez. I bet on Ellie 30 to 1 last weekend, basically, speculating on the call up, bet him in the preseason. But Corbin Carroll is sitting at eight, 11 homers, 18 steals, and a 928 OPS through 60 games. He has a huge lead on the rest of the field. He's already at 2.6 wins above replacement. Uh, so, you know, in order to win the NL Rookie of the Year, win either Rookie of the Year, you basically need to lead your league in wins of our replacement. So Ellie has a substantial gap to close relative to Corbin Carroll. If he's going to play shortstop, that will inflate naturally because playing a harder defensive position is just going to naturally inflate your wins above replacement on the positional adjustment if all other things are equal. So if he can somewhat catch up and make the stats relatively comparable by the end of the season, if Corbin Carroll gets hurt, and ends up going on the IL at some point, it opens the door for Ellie. But I think plus 350 is absurd at this point. He should probably be 10 to 1 or 15 to 1, given the fact that he is 58 games, 57 games, fewer than Corbin Carroll, you know, to catch up in terms of building his counting stats. So, yeah, uh, I, I actually woke up and saw the odds board today and said, hmm, do I, do I hedge out with Corbin Carroll maybe a little bit here? Because he's built up quite a lead and, I mean, what he's doing is almost being overlooked. He is, he is a real chance to go 30-30 uh, if he picks up the power the rest of the way. And yeah, this kid is an absolute superstar. He's 22 years old, too. So Corbin Carroll, one of the more underhyped rookie seasons, dominant rookie seasons I think we've ever seen with all the other quality of rookies we have on the East Coast. While we're talking awards, anything interests you in the Cy Young market, whether it's the AL or NL, Sean? Maybe Kevin Gaussman, you know, Kevin Gaussman right there for a strikeout leader. He's a guy I bet the past couple of seasons for the American League Cy Young. Just in terms of season-long projections, he always figures to be in that top three grouping for American League pitchers in terms of end-of-season wins above replacement. And, you know, I just mentioned war for rookie of the year. War for rookies tends to be the key data point for pitchers. Other things get factored in, wins, strikeouts, ERA, whip, et cetera. But by and large, WHIP is still the most important data, or I should say, wins above replacement, still the most important data point for all awards voting. Uh, the correlation between finishing in the top three in your league and more and actually winning the award is pretty high. And when you end up being the strikeout leader in your league as well, that's certainly going to boost your profile. So Kevin Galfin, as the third choice right now, behind Shane McClanahan, behind Garrett Cole, I think really interests me. 
even though I got 25 to one on him in the preseason or whatever it was, if you can get 10 to one on Gaussman about now, I, I think I definitely take it. Uh, and then just in terms of how the, the pitching metrics line out the way these pitchers rank out in terms of pitching plus underlying pitching data, Joe Ryan has been as good as anybody this year. So 12 to one for Joe Ryan, considering where his pitch modeling metrics are, I think he's going to continue to perform extremely well down the stretch. And I think his results are extremely legitimate. So Joe Ryan, uh, Pablo Lopez, the twins, they, they've definitely uh, unlocked some stuff with those guys. And for that reason, if their offense is healthy at the end of the year, the twins have some arms for the playoffs. So, you know, don't overlook them like we probably have in recent years, uh, you know, just in terms of how they get beat up against the Yankees. The moment they get to the playoffs, I think this team is a little bit better in the rotation. The lineup, though, has just not stayed healthy, which is odd because they, they seem to have so many offensive pieces. It just hasn't come together. But I think towards the end of the year, the Twins can be a pretty good team. It's interesting when you look at hitters who have been able to have a 400 batting average early in June. There have been plenty of hitters who have been able to do that, but none since Ted Williams have been able to sustain a 400 batting average all the way to the end of the year. And we've got Luis Arise uh, with a 400 batting average right now. He's 50-1 to to win uh, National League MVP honors. Is it possible that, let's say he does finish with a 400 BA, that he would not win MVP honors because of what, say, Acuna and other guys are doing as power hitters. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Arise also just has kind of a positionless profile. I love watching him as a hitter. He's one of my favorite players. I've been on him as hits leader every single year since he's been in the big leagues just because on a per-plate appearance basis, he's projected to finish with amongst the most hits. He's been up there with Bo Bichette, Freddie Freeman on a projection basis every year. I have Bichette. And Arise is his leader, so I'm excited to see how one of them doesn't win because they're currently 1-2 right now. But, no, I, I think it's certainly possible. I believe uh, the last player before Ted Williams to hit 400, I believe, also did not win the MVP award. I, I, I might be misquoting that, but I saw something online about that the other day. And, it, you know, Arise certainly doing some special stuff. And I think people who call him a single hitter are sort of overlooking the fact that he's pacing for 50 extra base hits. Uh, but, you know, the, the Marlins as a whole were a team I was high on coming into the year because of their young pitching. And even with Sandy Alcantara taking a step back, uh, their offense has really shown out and keeps coming back on people. So he, he's been a big catalyst to that. But, yeah, I think Ronald Acuna is the MVP injury, you know, injury provided or injury concerns uh, alleviated. I, I think it's Acuna's award to lose. He's just he's doing too much offensively, defensively. The power, the speed, it's, it's just too much of a profile for anybody else to overcome. Sean, what do you like on today's card? Yeah, three underdogs uh, that are still within range for me, the Chicago Cubs in both halves. Uh, Drew Smiley, just a guy who, once he started throwing um, a sinker last year, his profile, the, you know, the batted ball data has really just dropped to incredible levels. He generates a ton of weak contact. Maybe doesn't have the strikeout walk numbers that you typically associate with a guy with a low threes ERA, but comparing the expected ERA between Reed and uh, Smiley and Reed Detmers, there's almost a full run differential between them. Not to mention the fact that the Cubs have a top four offense, top seven offense against left hand pitching, and they're extremely patient. So they're going to force Detmers to throw a lot of pitches. I had a colleague bet Detmers under 17 and a half outs today, which I thought was very sharp. He's only passed that once this year, and the Cubs should make him throw a lot of pitches. So. I think they knocked Detmers out. 
maybe under on strikeouts for Detmers. Definitely the Cubs and the Bull have about plus 120. The Reds this afternoon, betting them for the third straight day. Hopefully, keep the Reds magic going. The Reds also much better against lefties than righties. They can throw out nine right-handed hitters or switch it in Vasquez in there. And then the final team would be the Jays. Jose Barrios, a guy I've been against a lot the past couple of years. But Framberville does getting hit hard this year, just not showing up in his ERA strikeout minus walk rate, the best of his career. The Jays, though, another right-handed heavy team going against the left-handed starter. So I like the matchup for them. Barrios also getting better the splits against the Astros, who are better against lefties. So the Jays in both halves, the Cubs in both halves, and then the Reds in the full game. The Nats have announced they are postponing until June 22nd. We've got the uh, wildfire smoke here as well. It's in my house as we do this show. It's getting terrible. Um, anything else interest you on today's card? We've got Verlander versus Strider. Anything you like in that matchup? Uh, you know, I bet the Braves early because Pete Alonso got hit on the wrist last night and I have a lineup tool that pulls in projected lineups automatically and it's not something that I thought about seeing him go out. But anytime you see a star player go out like that, you should automatically look mm-hmm. to bet against them the next day if they're playing. If Mike Trout gets hit on the wrist, Angels are probably going to be precautionary and sit him the next day. I know x-rays were negative on Pete, but it was one of those things that uh, as soon as my lineup tool updated and said, hey, Pete's probably not going to be in tomorrow, I said, yes, that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to get the Braves at minus 170 right now. It's moved up from where I bet it, but that's just, you know, one of those things to pay attention to. If you see a star player, star hitter, get hit on the wrist, get hit on the hand, and leave that game, they're probably not going to be in the lineup the next day, and the move won't happen yet in terms of the betting market, but mm. if you can bet it immediately, you'll always get a 10-cent, 15-cent advantage. So something to keep an eye on. Um, in terms of totals, you know, since I mentioned the sides that are still within range for me, the Giants and Rockies over 11.5, and, and the Astros the Blue Jays, I, I know I mentioned that game, but also the over 8.5 as well there. Those would be the two totals that are still in range for me. Don't necessarily live either, to be honest with you, and haven't really seen substantial CLB in my direction, but – projected those at 12.2 in Colorado and 8.8 in Toronto. So both bets that I had to fire on the over on. But, yeah, uh, you know, much, much of what I've been has moved out of range. I did hit the red to win the division the other day when Ellie got called up. I'm sure that's plummeted quite a bit, but they were 40 to 1. Uh, that's just a fun long shot bet to take at this point with the energy surrounding that team. They have more guys coming, too. Christian Encarnacion Strand will be up at some point. He's got, like, a 1,200 OPS in AAA. The Reds are a fun team, and they're good at player development, and that NL Central is wide open. And in the same respect, the Brewers to miss the playoffs at plus 240, I think is an interesting bet as well. Fangraphs kind of has them around 40% at this point to miss the playoffs. You can get them around plus 240. You know, fair odds should probably be closer to uh, – I, I think Fangraphs actually has them around 70%. So the, the fair odds to miss the playoffs should probably be closer to plus 220. You get a plus 240 out there on a team who – Still missing Brandon Woodruff. Corbin Burns taking a step back relative to previous years. I know he had his best start of the season last year. And then Freddie Peralta also showing some concerning signs in terms of his command. So, yeah, I, I think that division is wide open, and I'm willing to take shots against the Brewers, whether that's betting teams to beat them in the division or just betting them to miss the playoffs outright. Uh, Sean, I did want to squeeze in a, a Belmont Stakes question for you. I'm uh, I'm debating between two horses, and I uh, want to pick your brain on it. Uh, somehow, I'm I'm going for the Joe Ostrowski Triple Crown, so I, so I might need your help a little bit. I'm probably going to overthink <laughs> it. Uh, wh- where are you going? Where are you going with the Belmont? 
Yeah, I'm between the number eight, Angel of Empire, and the number three, Archangelo. That's who our Come on! rappers, Mike Domich and Mike Conti, also like. Uh, Jeez! You know, 4K That's exactly I'm definitely going to include on my tickets, on my multi-race tickets, but yeah, it's Archangelo and Angel of Empire for me. I think the blinkers going on Angel of Empire is the X factor of the race. Normally, he races without them, sits a little bit further back. He'll have the blinkers on this time, so he should be closer to the pace. And he runs pretty consistent fractions around the track. So as long as he's close within four or five lengths as they, you know, are on the backstretch and then making their way to the turn, I think Angel of Empire is going to be the one running best late. But Archangelo seems to be the buzz horse from the Sharks around the track watching workouts in the mm-hmm. morning. Yeah, when the Peter Pan stakes. Uh, you, you could go back and pull it. Not that anyone's going to do this, but yesterday morning I was on the Mullion Hanley show in uh, <laughs> Mullion Haas show in uh, on the score in Chicago. And they asked me that question. And I said, I'm between Archangelo and Angel of Empire. I'm going to use them both. I said the exact same thing. <laughs> Got to throw out the favorite, right, Forte? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not going to let Forte beat me. Didn't love the hoof bruise. Didn't love the fact that he was scratched for the Derby, coming back on nine weeks rest. Love the New York connections. Pletcher, Mike Rapoli, want yeah. a New York horse to win. I'll use him defensively on multis, but I'm going to key around Adrian Lumpire and Archangela. Yep. That's you. Sean, I wish you could have seen uh, Joe's pouty face just then. It was uh, quite impressive. Thank you so much, Sean Zarillo. Appreciate your time. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight. That's coming right up right here on the BetQL Network. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.